0: How's everybody tonight? Good, good to see you We're glad you could be here If you're on live stream, podcast, glad that you could join us tonight And uh, wherever you may be at The word of God is always good Amen. Amen, amen, amen Glory to God, glory to God Father, we bless you and honor you. Come on, let's just lift our hands. Let's praise him. Give him the glory and the honor. So worthy are you, Lord, to receive it all. The glorious King, you're the mighty God. Our deliverer, our savior, our redeemer. You're the one that heals, to protects, you provide. You are our all in all and our everything. I thank you, Lord, for all that you are and for all that you do. All that you've done for us, Lord. Oh, I thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace. Father, we can never have enough time in the all of eternity to say thank you for all that you've done for us. Oh, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for your word that we come to sit at your feet, to be taught of your Holy Spirit, to receive impartations of revelation, to take hold of your word in our heart that it becomes living inside of us. And Lord, I just thank you so much that because of the revelation of your word, the power of hell cannot stand against it. Lord, we're just so grateful that we can conform to the image of Jesus, grow and develop in your divine nature, and more and more walk in a manner worthy of you and pleasing you in all respects, always growing in your wisdom, in knowledge and understanding. We thank you, we praise you and bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. hallelujah. Welcome, Barbara, glad you're there tonight. Pedro, glad you're there tonight, praise the Lord. We're going to start over in John chapter 16, hallelujah. John chapter 16 and verse 13. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. Let's say this today, Lord, here I am, ready to hear from you. I set myself in position to open my ears, my spiritual ears, to open my heart to hear from heaven. Lord, I will not be distracted. I will not turn to the right or the left. I will not think about the things of the day, nor will I think about the plans of tomorrow. But I am right here, right now, at your feet, ready to hear from heaven. Thank you, Father. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. The spirit of truth, he'll guide you into all the truth, and he will disclose to you what is to come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you know, did you ever wonder about how is it that he can show us things to come? Oh, no, we don't think about that. He's God. Well, theologically, you are correct. (laughs) And God is all-knowing, isn't he? So how does he show you things to come? And how is it that he can show you things to come? And to understand these things is to become more and more able to accurately follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit and to step quicker into being fully persuaded. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're going to go down this path today, and uh, I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to reveal some things to you and show you some things and create an understanding in you that will um, bring you into areas with him that you have not known before. So let's go over to Isaiah chapter 48. A lot of scripture tonight, so get your pen ready. Isaiah 48, in verse 3. He said, I declared the former things long ago, and they went forth from my mouth, and I proclaimed them. Suddenly I acted, and they came to pass. He declared things when? From long ago. Long ago he declared things, and his word went forth. And what happened when his word went forth? They came to pass. Isn't that right? He declared it, or he sent His word, and when His word goes out, it produces results, it doesn't return void. Amen. So I spoke things, the former things from long ago, and those things that I spoke, they went out. And when those words went out, they came to pass. Because yes. God hastens over or watches over His word to perform it. Isn't that right? Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hebrews 11:3. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews eleven three. By faith we understand. How do we understand? By faith. By faith. What does that have to do with your intellectual, logical, reasoning mind? Uh, nothing. nothing. Did we say nothing? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's nothing. It has nothing to do with it. That's why you can't read the word with your mind and think you can understand it. By faith. We understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. He is not talking about creation. He said the worlds were prepared. The word world is not cosmos. It is inos, which means a continued duration or space of time, the ages. The ages were formed by the word of God. OK, the word, the, the world, the ages were prepared and framed, which means to put a thing in its appropriate position to establish it and to arrange it. He has arranged the days and the ages. He's arranged them all. How? By his word. OK, by his word, he has arranged the ages of time and put it all in position and set it all up. And when the fullness of time came, Jesus was born. And when the fullness of time comes again, Jesus will return. When is the fullness of time? Depends on how he has framed it all out. And only the Father knows it. He's framed the ages from the days of old to the days of eternity. He's framed it all by his word. Amen. And what happens when he frames it by his word? It comes to pass. Isn't that right? Amen. So he has put all the ages in its appropriate position and arrangement. Glory to God. You know, there are some people that say, oh, there's no such thing as dispensations. Then you don't know about the arrangement of the ages. Amen. Jeremiah 1.5. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, who you? That would be me. And that's how you could say it. Before he formed me in the womb, he knew me. And before I was born, he's consecrated me and appointed me. Now to Jeremiah, he was appointed a prophet. But what has he appointed you to? He's appointed every single one of us. Isn't that right? So here's the question. If the ages were framed by the word of God, if the duration of time was prepared, then would not our birth be a very part of that framing? You are exactly where you need to be. You were born exactly at the right time that you needed to be born. Not that body you're sitting in, but the real you. Isn't that right? Amen. You're part of the frame. If he framed the ages then you're part of the framing. Would God use his wisdom to set all things in order and then just haphazardly place us in it? No, because everything with God is purposeful. God is not haphazard about anything. Oh, let's, send them, let's, let's send them to earth. Let's just put them. You know, your mom and dad created your body, but they didn't create you. God puts you in that body. Isn't that Right. Just like he did with Adam. He formed Adam and then put that spirit into Adam and gave him life. (laughs) It's the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The body without the spirit is dead. It goes through physical death, but we live on. We don't just live on. When somebody goes on into heaven, they don't just live on in your memory. They actually live. And they're living better than you. (laughs) (laughs) Glory to God. So everything that God does is purposeful, nothing haphazard. When I formed you in the womb, and even before you were born, I consecrated you and appointed you. So that means purpose. You came with purpose. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody has purpose. Isaiah 46, verse 9 and 10. Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. Remember the former things long past. What are those former things? Those things that he spoke from the days of old. Remember the former things long past, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things which have not been done, saying, my purpose will be established and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. Hallelujah. Well, we can declare it. He is God. (laughs) Amen. He is God. Praise God. He declares the ending from the beginning. Well, how does he do that? How does he know the ending from the beginning? Because he spoke it. He spoke the ending. From days of old. He spoke the ending and created the ending from the very beginning before anybody even gets there, it's already created. (laughs) Amen. Amen. His word has already been there. Mm -hmm. If from the former days he spoke it creates the ending from the beginning, then his word, him, has already been there. Mm. Because his word has created it. Are you with me? See, God is not a figure-it-out-as-you-go kind of guy. Well, let's just see what happens. He's not like that. He knows exactly what's going to happen, doesn't he? Amen. Amen. So he spoke the ending, therefore it has to be. God's not a man that he should lie. Isn't that right? No word of God is void of power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He hastens over and watches over his word to perform it. If he spoke it, it's happening. He spoke it from days of old, and it comes to pass. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So here you are living in January, what is it, the 17th? 18th. You're in January 18th. He already knows about January 19th. He knows about January 20th he knows about February 1st because his word is already gone are you with me amen now he sets the ages you got to make a choice to walk in it he's not out there choosing for you you've got to choose yourself he's gonna set up the ages it's just like you know they opened a new restaurant in town, but it's up to you whether you're going to go or not. So God has set up time. God set up the ages, but will you walk in his plan? Will you walk in what he's consecrated you and appointed you for? Or do we haphazardly just go through life, whatever happens? Are you with me? Genesis chapter 2, verses 7 through 9. Genesis 2, 7 through 9. Then the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath or the spirit. That word breath is translated spirit in the Hebrew. Breathed into his nostrils the breath or spirit of life and man became a living being. He moved from a mannequin to a living, moving, breathing creature. And the Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden and there he placed the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground, the Lord God caused to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. All right, so he created man, placed man in the garden because that was God's plan for man, that he would live in that garden and then spread it throughout the whole earth. Isn't that right? That he would go out from the garden, which was the place of life where the tree of life is, and he would go out from that place into the world. The tree of life is in the garden, the tree of life being the source of life. Okay? Revelation 22. Verses 1 and 2. Revelation 22, verses 1 and 2. Then he showed me a river of water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and the Lamb. It was not the peace river. Verse 2. And in the middle of its street on either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree was for the healing of the nations. So just as the word of God starts with the tree of life, the word of God ends with the tree of life. It begins with it. It comes to a close with it. Isn't that right? The book of Revelation, which is the revealing of the living Christ, tells us about the new heavens and the new earth and shows us the account that was planned from the very beginning in the garden at the beginning and there it is at the ending because God has already spoken it, the ending from the beginning. God has never changed his plan. He declared it. He formed the ages to be so. He brings things to pass. He does everything with purpose, including us. He knows what is going to be because he's already set it in motion. When he declared the form of things, he's operating by the spirit of prophecy. Are you with me? Let me say that again. He knows what will be because he has already set it in motion. So this is to look ahead and speak to the days ahead. Yeah. And we're going to get into, as the weeks go on, what our part is in this. But it's important to know what God has done so that we can connect with that. Isn't that right? Amen. Amen. Are you all here? Okay, you seem to be very intent. John sixteen thirteen again. Let's go back there. So he can show you things to come because he's already created the things to come. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He'll not speak of his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. He'll guide you into all the truth. What is the truth? The Word is the truth. There is no other truth in all of creation except for the Word of God. Jesus said it to the Father, thy Word is truth. Heaven and earth will pass away, but your Word will never pass away because the Word is truth, and truth does not come to an end. True facts of life will always come to an end, and they're subject to change, and they're all subject to the truth of the Word of God. He'll guide you in all the truth or guide you in the word. And it's the same word that he spoke that framed the ages. If the word went ahead and formed the ages, wouldn't he know the things to come? All right, I got three of you that agree. The rest of you, are, I think you're scratching your head. If the word went ahead and formed all the ages, would he not know the things that ought to come? So as the Holy Spirit, it's okay to respond. It's all right. It's not a Presbyterian church. You're good. As the Holy Spirit guides us in the truth, he's going to guide us in the things he has already declared. He's already declared it. So, of course, he knows the things that are going to come. He's already declared it. And he's going to guide you in the truth because he's guiding you in the things he's already declared. Look at it, I'm sorry, let's look at that in the Passion Translation, Pastor Tim. John 16, 13. For your truth is the source of my understanding. That means his truth, not yours. That doesn't mean, oh, it's my truth. No, it's his truth. So I don't want you to confuse that, okay? But when, oh, there it is, okay. But when the truth-giving spirit comes, he will unveil the reality of every truth within you. Within you. What happens if it's not in you? Can't reveal it. He can't unveil the reality of it if it's not in you. So this is not like whatever God wants to do, God's going to do. That's a bunch of hockey. Well, you know what I mean. There's no truth to that. It is his truth that counts. But when the truth giving spirit comes, he will unveil the reality of every truth within you. He won't speak on his own, but only what he hears from the Father, and he will reveal prophetically to you what is to come. Why? Because it was already spoken by the spirit of prophecy. Yeah. That's good. Amen. Now, notice what it says He will unveil the reality of every truth within you. That is not the doctrine of truth. We're not talking about a doctrine that we memorize and know. But the reality of every truth means he'll guide you in those things in the application of it in your life. How to take that truth and apply it into your life. For instance, you've known forever that he's spoke from long ago and formed the ages. So what does that have to do with you? That's what he did. Where's your part? You'll never know until you start meditating and get that truth in your spirit. And the Holy Spirit will then bring a revelation of how to apply that into your life. Because unless you apply it in your life, the word is not reality. It's a doctrine. It's a theology, but not reality. It is not real until you're walking in it. And only the Holy Spirit can do that. He will, he will unveil the reality of every truth within you. Hallelujah. So we're going way beyond superficial knowledge here. I got something between my ears. No, we're not talking about that. I got a doctorate. We're not talking about that. Well, I have a theology. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a reality. A life-giving reality. The reality of truth is in its application in our life. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. That says the same thing. The the applicable word of God into your life is the truth that will make you free. Knowing it in your head will never set you free. Knowing it in your head will discourage you, it will depress you, It will make you disheartened because it's not working in your life. But you want it to. Of course we want it to. Everybody wants it to. So how do you do that? you got to get it in you. you got to get that truth in you. Spend time with that truth. Spend time with the Holy Spirit and allow him to unveil the truth within you. And, you know, we've got some truth working in our life. But I guarantee you there's a lot between Genesis and Revelation that's not working in our life. And I will say our life, not your life, our life. It's not working. You know, so we could sit here smug as a bug in a rug and go, yeah, 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 that's true. And yet there's 1,500 promises that are out there and you're not even taking hold of them. So you could be snug as a bug as a rug in one thing. But on the other side, you're getting stomped on by the devil. And we got to get it working in every area of our life. And the Holy Spirit wants to do that in every area of our life. You, Amen. So it's not just a superficial knowledge. We don't get the reality unless we have applied it into our life. The Holy Spirit guides us in the truth so that we can enter into the reality and the application of the living word that he has already spoken out. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Already spoken out. That means it's already done. And we're worried about what? If he's spoken it in you, it's a done deal. It's a done deal. If he's spoken it in you, it's a done deal. Amen. What do we have to do? Take that truth and work it out into our life through the unveiling of it by the Holy Spirit. He unveiled. Jesus is the author and perfecter of faith. Why is he the author of faith? Because faith comes from the word of God. Isn't that right? Jesus and the word of the same. So faith comes from the word of God. Well, how, are you, how is faith perfected? Corresponding actions, the application of it. Faith is not perfected and complete until you're acting on. it. And to say I believe something and not act on it is an idle, useless word in which judgment comes. And that was the problem with Sardis. Remember? Remember the city of Sardis? That was the problem. I found your works as being incomplete. So it's taking that word. It's getting the truth of it. I get faith. See, faith, people say things like this, all you need is faith. No, faith is only the beginning. Yeah. Faith is only the beginning. You've got to move out of faith into believing. Believe. Faith is a noun, believing is a verb. Faith is actually a noun, which is a noun is a what? A person, place, or thing. And faith is a place to which you enter into faith. But it's out from that house of faith that actions come. And until the actions come, there's no completion. And the action has to be based on the unveiling of the application in your heart in the same way the word was unveiled within you. Yeah. This is not just like, well, I'm, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I believe God will supply all my needs. So I'm going to go out and spend all my money and God's just going to take care of me. I knew a guy back in the early 80s, first got saved, and he started hearing the message on prosperity, had a good job taking care of his family, doing all that. He decided he's going to let God supply all of his needs. He quit his job. Lost his house. Lost his car. Almost lost his family. Had to go out and buy an old beater just to get out of town because everybody was after him. He owed everybody money. That's not faith. That's foolishness. Why? Because there was no unveiling. It was, I decide this is what I'm going to do. And there's no leadership of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Psalm 119, verses 104 and 105. From your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. What's a lamp and a light? The word is. The word is. Only the word is. The word is the lamp. The word is the light. Only through his word or precepts comes understanding. By faith we Understand. So if it comes by the word of God, faith comes by hearing the word of God. So faith then brings understanding. It comes by hearing the word. And by your precepts and by hearing your word, I get understanding. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that understanding, the understanding, the faith from the word of God, from those precepts, that is what is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Lambs and lights do not only show you the steps you're taking. That's the lamp. The lamp shows you you're carrying a little lamp. It shows you the step that you're taking. But the light is for the path to show you what's ahead of you so you don't stumble. Are you with me? Let's look at that in the Passion Translation. For your truth is the source of my understanding, not the falsehoods of those who don't know you, which I despise. Truth shining light guides me in my choices and decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's talking about your truth or your what? Word. Your word is the source of understanding, not the falsehoods of those who don't know you. All right. So therefore, he's talking about not to listen to words or falsehoods of people that don't know him, even if they're children of God. Listen, you could be a born again child of God and not know God. Israel was the people of God. Moses knew God's ways, but Israel only knew his acts. Not everybody knows God. You know, why would you listen to somebody that's a born-again believer and has totally wrong doctrine? Why would you listen to that? Yeah. You don't listen to that. Are you with me? Yeah. So it doesn't matter whether it's his children or not his children. If they don't know him, we don't listen to him. And a quiet hush comes over the crowd. Because Jesus said it this way, be careful at what you hear, for what you hear will get in you, and it will be measured back to you more besides, and it's not always good. It's sowing and reaping. What you take in, what you allow to cross the bridge of your soul is what's going to come out. What you allow in to form you will come out to create for you, good or bad. Amen. Amen. So let's read it again. For your truth is the source of my understanding, not the falsehoods of those who don't know you. So the falsehoods of those that don't know you, that speak wrongly of you, that will not be the source of my understanding. It'll be the source of my downfall. Hallelujah. The word that guides me in my choices by the Holy Spirit, Okay. The Holy Spirit through the word guides us in life. Your steps are ordered by the Lord. How many times do we go before the Lord and go, oh, Lord, what should I do here? What should I do here? What should I do? Here? But you don't have the word. And you think it's a shortcut. shunde, shande. oh, just tell me. Just tell me. Just tell me. I ain't telling you nothing because there's nothing in here for that. Why can't hear from God because you have nothing inside from God about that. This is why you spend time. You only want to spend time in the word when you have a problem or an issue come up. You don't have time to create in you what you need so the Holy Spirit can develop it in you. And you've now gone over to the other camp that says, oh, God will just do it. He's not going to just do it. If he can't do it through you, he can't do it. it. And it's high time we understand this. The whole thing God's trying to get across to you tonight is the word, the word, the word, the word that becomes a broken record, but you still haven't done it. We're too busy. I got stuff going on. I got all this going on. You got 24 hours a day like everybody else. God made sure you had enough time. Your steps are ordered by the Lord. How are those steps ordered? The word that has already set your path. He's already spoken the word. It's already set your path. It's ahead of you. And the word is a light to your path and makes the pathway clear. Amen. Are you with me? So the word of God can show you right where you're at. Oh, dear God, I have an issue in me I have to deal with. That's the word of God showing you right where you're at. I have this issue that I must deal with. I must work on. I have to change these things in my life. But the path, the light, the light of the word of God on your path is to show you what's up ahead. So the lamp shows you where you're at, but the light shows you what's up ahead. So let's look at it this way. The lamb can say, like he said to me years ago, you need to develop some self-control. Okay, that's showing me what I need to do. But the light shows me if you don't do it, this is what's going to happen to you. Mm -hmm. Because the word's very clear. What you sow is what you reap. You sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. You sow to the spirit, you will reap life. What do you want down the road? I'm showing you what's going to come up. Well, you need to make the choice and which way you're going to go. The Word could show you that. Now, if you don't have the Word of God, and you could go, I just don't want to deal with that. So I'm not going to deal with that stuff. Well, then you don't know where you're going, and you're headed into a stumble. Mm-hmm. Are you with me? This make making sense to you. The Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, wants to guide our path. If there's one thing that word of God will do and should do and allow the word of God to do is to keep you from doing things by habit. Now, when I say by habit, I mean. I got a sore throat, so I run to the medicine cabinet and get cough medicine. I believe God wants me to use cough medicine. I, I, I believe that's what I should do. Well, that's not a habit. You know what that is? That's a rowboat to get into so you don't drown. Don't shout me down now. That's a rowboat. That's the boat, just like walking Peter back into the boat. That's the boat you get into so you don't drown. You know, doctors are not your answer, but if it wasn't for doctors, most of the church would be dead today. I don't mean this church, I'm talking about the body of Christ. Nothing wrong with doctors. Doctors are good, but they're the boat. And what people do is they develop habits. Well, God said use the cough medicine, so that's what I do all the time. No, you don't. That's what he said that time. What is he saying this time? And how long do you go that way until you finally pay attention and and the God says, okay, that's enough. We're not going that way anymore. You need to start to make a stand. And maybe after five days of standing, then he'll say, okay, go back, get back in the boat. You're going down. You're starting to sink. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? God's trying to build your life. He don't want you just staying alive, existing and breathing. He's trying to build your life. Yes, he does. He'll walk you into the boat. Well, I believe God will let you. Yes, he will. Because he wants you to get in the boat rather than drown in the ocean. Get in the boat, but what do you do when you're in the boat? Develop faith. Why? Because you're going to have to get out of the boat again. <laughs> and what are you going to do? I know. We get into that Linus blanket syndrome, you know this is what I hold on to. This is my security. God needs to become your security. Yes. Get out of the habits. Mm. If it's time to get on the water, get on the water. If you start to drown, he'll walk you back to the boat. Yes, he will. And you'll hear, why did you doubt, oh, ye of little faith? <laughs> Fine. We had little faith, short-lived. I had a little bit of it, but we'll work on it for us some more the next time. Because yeah. it's coming around again. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. <laughs> <laughs> Life is like circles. And if we don't pass the test, We go back around the circle again, and you'll come to that point again. And if we don't pass the test, you go around the circle again until you come to that point again. And then when you pass, then you'll go on to the next thing. The boat's not your answer. You know, we've always said this for for a long time. You know, we've we've said this to, to, to even young mothers. If you need welfare to take care of your babies, then get it. But welfare's not your answer. Neither is the bank, neither is the doctor, neither is the medicine, neither is that procedure. It's not your answer. It's your help, but it's not your answer. And you got to get on guard. Because there'll be another opportunity to come around, to either go to the doctors, get the medicine, go to the bank, or go on welfare, whatever it might be. There's always going to be an opportunity that comes around. And we have to choose what are we going to do. And you need to choose before the time comes. You need to develop on the inside what you need to develop. Amen. Where are we? Proverbs 6. So the Holy Spirit, through the word of God, wants to guide our path, the light to our path. Okay. Well, here in Proverbs 6, 22 and 23. When you walk about, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk to you. For the commandment is a lamp, and the teaching is light, and reproves for discipline are the way of life. So the design of the word of God is to guide you, is to watch over you, and to talk to you. That's the design of the word of God. So when you get in the middle of a situation... What comes up on the inside of you? Yeah. When you get into the middle of making decisions, what comes up on the inside of you? Is it the living word that speaks from your spirit or is it a mental theology out of your mind and soul? Because you can have the, mind, you can have the word in both places. One's full of life and one isn't. Can we back up to where we were at before on the Passion Translation? I think it was in Psalm 119. Can we back up there for a minute? Yeah, 105. Truth shining light guides me in my choices and my decisions. Truth shining light. The Word of God that shines in me guides me when I have to make a choice, when I have to make a decision, and how I need to walk. The Word of God is designed to do that. But if it's not in you, it can't talk to you. How many times did you get so upset because Mama would always beat something into you over and over and over and over again? But you know, when you were at the point of ready to screw up, you heard Mama talking. And you heard her say, don't do that. Why? Because over and over and over again. You think you can sit in church and get it? No, you need to hear it over and over and over. And you know what you need to hear today? Probably the things you forgot from 10 years ago that you're not hearing anymore. Why? Because when the moment comes for that decision, you need mama talking in your, talking to you. Amen. The word of God is designed to talk to you in the middle of your choices your decisions and the path that you want to walk in on life amen Hallelujah. hallelujah hallelujah the living word speaks out from our spirit rather than speaking out of our head you know do i have just a mental memorization of that word or is it something living coming out of my spirit If you don't speak in tongues, you're going to have a really hard time discerning which is which. Mm -hmm. And if you don't spend any time speaking in tongues, you're going to have a hard time discerning which is which. You were designed to operate as a spirit being. That's who you are. You're the child of God. The spirit man is a child of God. Are you with me? The word that speaks in us when we are hearing the word also speaks to us when we're going about and therefore guides us. When I'm studying the word of God, I should be opened to the Holy Spirit speaking to me something from the word. Whether it's just pointing something out and going, look at that, read that again, go over that again. Or whether it's a revelation of something that I've read. The word that speaks in me when I'm hearing the word, reading the word, then it should speak to me when I'm going about and that word will guide me in my life. Amen. I was sitting, I wasn't even born again. I'm sitting in a restaurant. Uh, Pastor Nid was cooking there and I'm sitting in the restaurant contemplating, getting involved in some things. And as I'm sitting there, I hear this voice just as loud as could be, like it was somebody sitting behind me. And the voice says, if you do that, you will be messing with the devil himself. Clear as a bell. Now, all my life, I knew about a God. I've heard about the devil. I knew more about the devil than I did God because I lived more with the devil than I did with God. But you see, I was coming to a decision, and here's a warning that came from the spirit of God. And it had to be from out here because it couldn't be from in here because I didn't know God back then. It's designed, the Word of God is designed to talk within you. Is what we hear in the Word of God, is what we hear spirit and life? Or is it memorization in our mind? Now, if it's memorization in your mind, that's okay. But you need to know where you're at. And if it is memorization in your mind, it's part of the renewing process. It's just not faith. You're in the renewing process. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were talking about how, you know, they were believing God and declaring some things and all, but they're talking about how their mind's just going crazy, and it's just bouncing all over the place, and they're in in such fear over some things. And uh, you could tell just by talking to this person that he was wrapped up a lot in fear. And I said to him, well, you need to understand that you're not dealing in faith. You're in the renewing process because if it was faith, you'd be settled because faith enters the rest. Faith rests. Why? Because faith is confident in the God that has already spoken it. Are you with me? So is what we hear spirit in life or is it memorization in our mind? You know, when I first got saved and I was reading the Word of God and I came across Ephesians 6 that talked about the helmet of salvation. And as I read the helmet of salvation, then to me, that was like wearing my salvation. That's about wearing my salvation. Well, now this is back in 1981. So that was my idea of the helmet of salvation, that I'm wearing my salvation. And then I'm sitting in church and the pastor's teaching that set of scriptures and comes to the helmet of salvation and says it's a renewed mind. I was like, well, a renewed mind. I guess I was wrong. See, confirmation comes from teaching. This is why you come to church, and this is why it's important to know where you belong because you have to hear what you're supposed to hear. So we could sit in church. I mean, we could sit at home, And we can actually think we're hearing from God. But there should be confirmation of what you've heard when you sit in church. And if what you've heard from the word of God teaching under the anointing in church is different than what you think. Choice. Now, if you didn't go tell 25 people about what you think, you'll be it'll be easier for you to change. (laughs) Are you with me? Hallelujah. Are we acting on spirit and life, or are we acting to renew our mind? See, what am I doing here? Am I working on renewing my mind, or am I acting on spirit and life? Are we spouting out, or are we repeating as we hear? You know, there's times I have people, they they ask me to pray for them, and I have absolutely nothing to pray for them. But they have asked for prayer. And the minute that I touch them or take them by the hand, but the minute I make contact with them, God brings something up. Mm -hmm. And this is what needs to be declared over that person. I didn't have anything. You know, without God, just like you, I'm a squirrel. My whole life is gathering acorns. (laughs) You know. (laughs) Just call me puffy cheeks. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yes. See, it's what comes up on the inside of you, and that's what you declare. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to be like, well, what am I gonna say here? What am I gonna what? no? You just let it come up. Yes. That's how we do studying to teach. You just let it come up, and then okay, this is what needs to be shared. Amen. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you all for all your comments that are coming in tonight. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from the things which he suffered. And having been made perfect, he became to all those who obey him the source of eternal salvation. Now, let me read it to you from the mirror translation. He says, acquainted with sonship, he was in the habit of hearing from above. And by his perfect hearing, he forever freed mankind to hear what he heard. Hallelujah. See, it's all about hearing. It's all about we get in the word, we read the word. But what are we hearing? What are we hearing? There's the Word and the Spirit. The Word and the Spirit. The Word and the Spirit. We have the Word of God. We know Jesus is the Word of God. We have the Word of God. But what am I hearing when I'm reading the Word? When I'm spending time in that Word, what am I hearing? It's all about hearing. He was in the habit of hearing. You have to create the habit of hearing. Hallelujah. Whether you, you hear, when you hear it, when you're in the word of God and you hear it and you hear the Holy Spirit talking to you uh, through the word of God, then when you get in the middle of a circumstance, you know the same voice is talking to you in the circumstance. I know that voice. I know where it comes from. He spoke that to me, within me, and now he speaks it within me, from me. Yeah. Whether I'm in the word, or whether I'm dealing with the circumstance, it's the same voice, it's the same spirit, it's the same anointing. Are you with me? He was in the habit of hearing, or he lived under the influence of hearing from above. He lived under that influence of hearing from above. Oh, glory to God. Always under that influence of hearing from heaven. Well, Pastor, you know, I, I believe what you're saying, but, you know, you, 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 you just can't make God talk to you. Yeah, because God is such an introvert. He don't want nothing to do with you. And every once in a while, he might have something to say. No. He's always talking. Yes, he always talking. We're just not always listening. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. You know, I, I could say this to men. Don't do to God like you do to your wives. You know how to shut them out. You know how to do that. You just shut down. You look at them and everything, but you know you don't hear a word they're saying. Do I don't do that. I used to. You know I used to do that. You know I used to. I was good at it. Yeah. yeah you always thought I was listening. I had no idea what you were saying. <laughs> and I didn't get one deep amen from a man. <laughs> but I sure did get a lot of uh huh from the women. he lived under the influence of hearing from above. But it was not the Father speaking from heaven. It was the Holy Spirit speaking within him. Two times we have an account of the Father speaking from heaven, once when he was at the River Jordan and once on the Mount of Transfiguration. And Father said the same thing. You know, when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration, if you want to paraphrase it, He was saying to Peter, this is my beloved son. Stop being a dodo and start listening to him. (laughs) You know, know, Peter. (laughs) But Peter did walk on the water. I will admit that. So it was hearing from above, but it was the Holy Spirit he's hearing from within him. So when you hear from above, I don't want you like this trying to hear you it's in here inside us he lives in us the kingdom of God is within you the Holy Spirit is within you the nature of God is within you the Word of God is designed to guide you watch over you and talk to you through the Holy Spirit Because of what Jesus heard and his obedience to what he heard, walking in the reality of what he heard, he has freed us to be able to hear what he heard. He's freed us to where we can hear within. That we can hear within the Holy Spirit, it can be confirmed by teaching that we hear under the anointing of God. The reality of every truth in application. That's what brings growth. The reality of truth brings growth. Stepping out of the boat brings growth. Mm-hmm. Breaking off those habits to where you only trust in God brings growth. Yes, it does. And every step is going to be a process. And he says here, uh, where was that thing? Was it, oh, the mirror translation. Was it the mirror? No. Well we, we I think it was in Proverbs 6 where it talked about the disciplines of life. Yeah. Okay. The disciplines of life. It is not God disciplining you. But when you want to step out, step out of the boat, break that habit, move into a different direction, follow the Holy Spirit and let go of those other things you used to depend on. Life wants to come and try to discipline you and put you down. Because the enemy does not want you to progress. Every step you take to progress, you are a threat to the devil. And he don't want that. He wants you to stay in the boat. Amen. Amen. John chapter 5. Bringing this down to a close. I see the runway lights are coming on. John 5, verse 30. He said, I can do nothing on my own initiative. And as I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So he says, as I hear. So what are we hearing? Who am I hearing from? Just because I hear something, I don't, it doesn't mean it's God. Just because I have a thought, it doesn't mean it's from the Holy Spirit. What does it line up with? See, here's the key to the whole thing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, here it is, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. That's the key. I don't seek my own will. That's the key to how Jesus heard. This is the key to how Jesus stayed under the influence from above because he didn't seek his own will. So let me just give an example. Suppose I want a new car. I, ju- I want a new car. Oh God, direct me to the car that I want and supply what I need in order to buy the car. Okay, well, I believe that this is what God wants me to do. Well, is it God? Or is it self-will? Or is it an emotional desire? Which one is it? What's leading you? Is there anything wrong with a new car? No. But what's leading you? You can get a new car and it'd be God. You can get a new car and it'd be Ishmael. So what's leading you? As I hear, I judge. How much do we hear the word and obey the word when it's something we don't even want? Or something we don't even want to do? But how much do I hear the word in the things that I don't want? Or am I only looking to hear the word in what I want? Yeah. Well, I want healing, so I am get in the word about healing. Well, I want prosperity, so I get the word about prosperity. Well, you know, I need a little peace over here, so I'm gonna get the word about some peace. That's a problem-minded Christian. It's not a God-living Christian, it's a problem-minded Christian. You're living for the problems. You gotta start to become a God-living Christian. And become one that knows God, not just know his acts. Well, God heals, God delivers, God God supplies. Those are the acts. But getting to know God. As I hear, I judge because I don't seek my own will. I'm willing to hear things from God even when it's something I don't want. I'm willing to hear God even when it's something I don't want to do. That was Jesus' attitude. You know, when I first got saved, one of the first things God dealt me with me about was the fruit of the spirit. I had none of them working in my life. I had nine unfruits of the spirit, <laughs> you know. And um, so one of the big things he started dealing with me about was self-control. And I would write it on a piece of paper, put it in my pocket, and cake it out and read it. And I would wind up getting into a conflict with somebody. Face-to-face, conflict, arguing, whatever. And um, I didn't hear God until I walked away. And then I went, oh, self-control. I am self-control. I do self-control. That's who I am. That's what I do. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit of my spirit. It's now part of my nature. That's who I am. That's what I do. I am (laughs) self-control. And then there were times, I mean, that went on for a while, then there were times that it finally got to the point to where I was ready to step into a conflict with somebody, and I had to choose to walk away from the conflict. Because before I got into the conflict, I would hear it on the inside, self-control, you're self-control. Do you you have self-control? You you are self-control. You walk in self-control. It's who you are, that's what you do. And I would walk away from the conflict. Well, what if we're one that won't back off from a conflict? you want a piece of me, i tell you what, I don't back down from nobody. You know, what if we're a person that, you know, we don't back down from conflicts? Well, what if God says to you, press in for what belongs to you and don't let them tell you otherwise and steal what belongs to you? But what if you're not a person that likes conflict? Will you hear God say that? Or do we only hear God in our personalities? I always hear God that says, Pursue because I'm a conflicting person. I love to con- conflict. I love to have conflicts with people. So I will pursue. But no, nah, no, nah, I'm, I'm a little passive. I don't like uh, conflict. So, you know, we send the praises out first. <laughs> Why? Because it fits my personality. And your personality didn't come from God. I know that's a shock to some people. Your personality did not come from God. Your personality was formed by the experiences, the backgrounds, and the upbringings of life. And God's trying to form character in you that is greater than your personality. And a character that will uh, confront somebody when it's time to confront, and a character that will back off when it's time to back off. And n- neither one being determined by personality. That's good. Amen. Hallelujah. We want to hear the Holy Spirit. We don't want to hear our personality. Do we want to hear the direction from God or do we want to hear what we want? He was in the habit of hearing because he didn't seek his own will, his own want or his own way. This is the key that opens our ears to hear. I don't care. Many times I've had to get before the Lord and go, I don't care. You want me to go to the right, I'll go to the right. You want me to go to the left, I'll go to the left. I don't care which, whatever you want me to do, it makes no difference to me. I do not choose a way. Whatever you say, I'll do. And when we seek his will, it opens our ears to hear, to judge, to discriminate, to distinguish, to conclude and make correct decisions because we're not seeking our own will. My will is to please him that sent me. Amen. Amen. All right, Joshua 1.8, we'll close here. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. The word of God is to be meditated on so that you can observe to do it. Isn't that right? The reality, the reality of the truth coming alive inside of you, that you would walk in it. As I hear, I judge. Is it the Holy Spirit or not? Have you been meditating on the word? Have you been hearing the voice of the spirit in the word? As I hear, I judge. I discriminate. Is that the Holy Spirit or not? Because it's something I want, does it make it God? You know, I remember back in the 60s and I had a four-speed Impala, and the the car had transmission trouble. But I didn't want to believe it had transmission trouble. I believed it had a clutch problem. So I took it to the garage and I told the mechanic, you need to replace the clutch in this car. And he replaced the clutch in the car and some hundred dollars later i drove away with transmission trouble because i wanted what i wanted i didn't want it to be transmission trouble it didn't change change anything it didn't help anything it made it worse because i lost even more money Mm -hmm. because now not just replacing the clutch now i got to replace the transmission too so it's going to cost me more in the long run I was doing what I wanted rather than what needed to be done. And when you want to hear from God only with what you want, it will cost you yep. in the long run. Yep, yep. Amen. Amen. As I hear, I judge. This is not about trying to hear God. It's all about taking in his word, taking the word, taking the word taken the word james says receive the engrafted word which has the inherent ability to save your soul renew your mind mend your emotions and strengthen your will the word of god you'll deal wisely in the affairs of life you'll deal wisely in doing life why because the word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path wisely you'll deal wisely wisely is wisdom according to the word of god he can continually show us things ahead through the word of God, and we can walk in the reality of it. You know, it reminds me of a story of uh, Jerry Seville told the story. And, um, uh, you know, he was a former auto mechanic from Louisiana. And somebody came and cut down some trees on his property, and, and uh, he had to go away. And when he came back, they cut down more than they were supposed to, and therefore they billed them for more than what they were supposed to. And he was ticked off about it. And he was going to confront the guy and just get in his face and tell him a couple of things. And the Holy Spirit said, No, pay him what he wants. He said, But God, we need to. He said, No, you pay him what he wants. He said, Okay, okay. So he called the guy up, he said, Come to my office. And the guy comes to his office, and the guy comes with the idea, he thinks that he's going to get chewed out real bad. And Jerry Seville gives him a check. He says, the Lord told me to pay you for what you did. The man broke down and cried. And he talked about all the problems that he was having and issues, and, of course, it opened up the door for Brother Jerry to be able to minister to him. But, you see, that wasn't what Jerry wanted to do. Jerry wanted to confront him. He wasn't going to let this guy steal his money. He was going to confront him, tell him off, and tell him what's what. But the Lord said, no. In the middle of that, you've got to hear. But you have to be willing not to do your own will. Are you with me? God can continually show us things ahead through the word of God, and we can walk in the reality of it. So close your eyes for a moment. If you're on live stream podcast, I just want you to sit back, close your eyes, and I want you to listen to this because he can continually show us things ahead through the word of God, and we can walk in the reality of it. He has made it all possible. And I know right now, at this time, and in this year, you are right in the middle of God's turnaround. God's plan is working to bring about your turnaround. He don't just want to turn around your health. He don't just want to turn around your finances. He wants to turn you around. And you are going to come to a place in Him that you've not known before. And it'll be a place of great increase between you and Him that will then produce increase into your life. But the increase must first start between you and Him, and that will produce increase into your life. The carnal believer will not understand this, the natural man will be totally confused by all of this. But you can hear, you can judge. You can make choices and step into my future. The things to come that I have prepared, I have planned, and I have sent you here for. I have made this all possible because I have given of my substance and I have defeated the devil, brought him to naught, paralyzed him, rendered him powerless, and untied you from all of his works. So it's time to be fully persuaded of the truth. And allow him to show you, guide you, and reveal to you through his word things that are to come, that you would then walk in the reality of them all. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, you're going to want to either get the CD, get on live stream, something. You want to hear that again. In fact, you want to hear that whole thing again, that whole teaching. God is trying to get some things across to us. This is the year. And what he's doing now in the beginning of year is setting foundations in us because there are things he wants to do. And remember, he said it before. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Not do you want it, do you want it, do you want it? Do you like it, do you like it, do you like it? He said, are you ready? He's trying to move us all into position so that we can be ready for what he wants to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Lord. Thank you, Lord. That you continually speak to us, whether in the room, on live stream, on podcast, that you're moving us into a position to get us ready for the things that you want to do, that we would be prepared, that we would be positioned, being where we need to be. Oh, oh, I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We may not know. We may not know in our mind, but in faith, we can understand that there are great things ahead of us. That you are the great God and you do great things. And I thank you, Lord, that as we get into position and get prepared and get ready, that we'll be able to work with you in all of these things. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, for this word that you put within us tonight. And, Father, I know that it needs to be heard again. So, Holy Spirit, bring these things to our remembrance, that as we set ourselves down, to read over our notes and look up the scriptures in the word, that we listen to it on live stream again or listen to it on CD, that we open up the word and we go to the word and follow in the word as we are listening, that we take notes and get these things sealed on the inside of us. Oh, Holy Spirit, that it would get deep rooted in us, that our roots would be in the streams of water, the water of life, that comes from your word and your spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And Father, as we come before you with our giving, thank you for the opportunity to sow this evening. And Father, I thank you that your word declares it, that there's one that gives and yet increases all the more, that as we sow the seed that you have provided, you will increase the harvest that comes from this righteous act of giving. We thank you for it, Father. We bless you and we praise you for it in the glorious, wonderful, and mighty name of our Lord and King, Jesus the Christ. Amen, amen, amen. 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 Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Thanks again for joining us on live stream or on podcast. We're so glad that you could be with us, that we have opportunity to share the word of God with you. And we do pray that the word has touched your thinking, touched your believing, filled your heart with hope, with joy, and faith. Thank you for being with us tonight. And if there's anything that we can ever pray with you about, please let us know. It is always our privilege to stand with our partners and believe God for your needs to be met. If you'd like to sow seed into the ministry, go to our website, newlifefamilyworship.net. Click on the giving link. And I thank you in advance for the seed that you sow and believe that it comes back to you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over that others will pour into your lap. Amen. Amen.